This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Thursday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio, the second day of July, 2023. It is a rainy one here, but uh, those of you out in Texas, hope you're being safe. Uh, have uh, some family and friends in the Texas area. They are getting hit pretty hard with an ice storm and hundreds of thousands of people without power and uh, you know, it's one of the reasons why uh, I got the hell out of New England. And the wind chills up in New England are supposed to be in the negative, so <laughs> y'all, y'all are welcome to it. Uh, we're gonna stay down here, and you know, we've got some rain, but uh, I don't have to shovel rain, and and uh, I'll live with that. Um, kind of a a weird day, kind of a quiet day in the sports world. You know, we're gonna have a few of those coming up until uh, baseball season starts. Um. Really, with uh, the the hockey uh, is going into their All Star break this weekend, I couldn't really. I'm not a huge NBA fan. I'm a college basketball guy, but uh, uh, not a lot going on. So we uh, we've got a kind of a uh, a mishmash of things to talk about this morning. And I want to start off talking about yesterday was signing day um, in college football, and it really kind of brought to light a lot of the the problems that the NCAA has when they when they started this name image and likeness thing and, and it was kind of a way to circumvent the idea of um, of paying athletes directly and allowing uh, the bigger athletes to profit by you know endorsing, products, businesses, etc., which I, on the face of it, I have no problem with. And I said that from the very beginning. I think, you know, I I saw no reason why, you know, if the local bank wants a player to, uh, you know, or a car dealership or whatever, or even a national company wants somebody to help, you know, be a spokesperson. I don't, I don't see an issue with that. The problem has now become, this thing has, has gotten, has spun out of control. I don't think anybody envisioned it becoming what it is. Case in point, uh, Jaden Rashada, quarterback, uh, high school. Let's remember this. This is a high school quarterback, okay? Jaden Rashada signed with Florida in December. You know, a a preliminary, like, this is where, letter of intent, this is where I want to go. And then he asked to be released from that commitment. Why? Because a name, image, and likeness deal fell through. Now, get this. This is unbelievable. All right. Rashada was going to go to Florida because Florida 
the boosters at Florida. And this is, you know, remember all the, the old days when, you know, boosters used to get involved and give all these payments to kids under the table and teams were getting in trouble. For, well, now they have agents and, and uh, lawyers and all kinds of people involved with these booster clubs. And they had promised this kid an NIL deal that could have been worth more than $13 million. This is a high school athlete who has done absolutely nothing in college or anywhere else for that matter. Yet he was promised by the boosters at the University of Florida a deal for $13 million so that, you know, and they would use his name and, and, and uh, he would uh, become a spokesman for different companies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. $13 million. Unbelievable. For a high school kid. I don't care how talented he is. And this is, look, I ha, like I said, I had no issue with the whole, with the premise, the, the idea of the, the NIL. Never envisioned it was going to be this. And now we have teams, we have colleges, and athletic, actually, it's not even colleges. We have athletic programs and booster clubs bidding against each other. And who can come up with the highest deal so th- a, a particular athlete will come to your school? It's like being a free agent in the in Major League Baseball or in the NFL, and you're going to go to the highest bidder. It's there is no more illusion that college football is anything more than an extension of the pros, because you are now bidding to get these kids to come to your school. So education's out there. Who cares now at this point when you're giving these kids this kind of money? Do you really give a crap if they go to class or not? You know, and the NCAA can say all they want about, oh, eligibility requirement. This has become the pros. And it's gross. Look, my, my argument against paying athletes from day one is that they are getting a free college education. My daughter, my youngest daughter, went to college, went on to get her master's degree. She has student loan debt in six figures. How much do you think she would have liked to have gotten a free college education? Yet these athletes going into college don't care about that. Now, let me let me let me back up a little bit. Here's the thing that we have to remember here. Probably 97, 98% of the kids that play college athletics are never going to play professional sports ever. It might even be 99%. I mean, let's not forget all the kids playing in Division Three, where you you can't even get a college, an athletic scholarship. Okay, that's number one. But even the kids in Division One, the majority of these Division One athletes are playing while they're in college, and then when their college days are over, they're going on to work in other fields. And they're getting a free, you know, a lot of them are getting a free out, free college education, which is great. My my issue with the whole NIL thing is. 
the kids that are getting all this money are the kids that are going to play professionally or have an opportunity to play professionally. Now you're going to give this kid a $13 million deal to come play for your college. And when that deal fell through, guess what he did? I'm out of here, and he's going to Arizona State. Now, there's no word if Arizona State gave him the same amount of money. Come to find out that the kids that Rashada's father um, had played at Arizona State in the 1990s. And then, and of course, after he signs with him, Jaden Rashada says, well, it was my, you know, my childhood dream school. Well, that's great until Florida offered you $13 million, and all of a sudden it wasn't your dream school anymore. It's just ingenuous. It's just crap. It's just about money. And, you know, the Florida head coach, Billy Napier, you know, had a press conference with reporters and told them, look, I can't tell you what happened. Okay? I can't tell you. I'm not allowed to disclose exactly what happened. But I can tell you this. He said, I don't anticipate hearing from the NCAA about, you know, recruit, violations of recruiting rules. He said, the reality is, is the current structure with third parties being involved with agents, marketing representatives, lawyers with collectives, which, by the way, are just booster clubs, is very fluid. He said, I think it's a very unique dynamic. Unique. It's a load of crap. Because what you've done now is you have set it up so that the elite of college football, and that's, you know, the elite, you know, you probably, you know, on two hands, Right. Those are the schools that are going to be able to afford the big money it's going to take to bring these kids into these schools. And that's what we've set up. We've set up this is an us versus them, and it means that Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, LSU, all these, you know, Florida, all these teams, these are going to be the ones that are going to get these kids year after year after year after year because they have a an engine in place and the money in place with with rich boosters and and you know alumni of these universities that own corporations that can afford to come up with this kind of money to uh, you know to give these kids millions of dollars to go play at their school it's gross it's not just football it's starting them with basketball you know uh, and look you know again i don't have an issue with them making some money off of their name, off of their image, off of their likeness. You know, the whole thing of, uh, you know, having their name on a video game or, you know, again, a local business, whatever. But when it gets to a point where this is no longer about a kid going to a school and having a local business say, hey, you know, we'd like you to, to represent our our car dealership. When it becomes all these other people getting involved and pulling all these strings it's no longer become, it's no longer what I think the intent of the rule was. It's ludicrous. Ludicrous. There are very few people in college athletics now with an NIL deal that are not going to go on to do something professionally. There's one is a girl uh, who is an, uh, a gymnast, I believe, at LSU, I want to say, and her... NIL deal, uh, her NIL thing is ridiculous. And this wasn't about boosters getting her to come there. This is just, why? She's gorgeous, right? She's a, a beautiful young woman. And so everybody 
wants to have this beautiful young woman as part of their, you know, uh, advertising and, and, and stuff. And so she's making millions. She's not going on to a professional career. So good for her. She is a an exception to the rule. All these other kids are, you know, most of them are going on to play professionally or have an opportunity. Now you can say, well, Gene, you know, you know, maybe this this uh, this kid comes in and he uh, he gets hurt, so he never has a chance to play in the pros. Well, at least he's gotten a chance to get some money out of college. I can't necessarily argue that. However, thirteen million dollars, really? Because let me tell you what, none of us. At least I would guess that most of the people listening to this show won't make $13 million in their lifetime. Right? I haven't made $13 million in my lifetime, and I'm 62 years old. Now, maybe you could say, well, you're a failure then. Well, all right, maybe so. <laughs> but, you know, you know, even think about this, right? If you're making hundred grand a year, and most of us aren't, but if you're making a hundred grand a year, right, it takes you ten years to make a million dollars, right? Ten years. So it would take you, if my math is correct, a hundred and thirty years to make thirteen million dollars in your lifetime. So, you know. I'm not against the kids having an opportunity to make some money, but this has gotten ridiculous. And is anybody shocked that the University of Alabama has a top recruiting class for the 10th time in 13 years? Besting Georgia, who's won back-to-back national championships? Is anybody surprised by that? I'm not. So, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's, yeah. Just gross, you know. And and there was another example. And I this, there was no I there was no indication this was an NIL deal. And I'm I'm guessing that it probably wasn't. Uh, there was another quarterback, uh, Cormani McLean, who previously committed to Miami, who backed out, and he has now signed with Colorado, where Deion Sanders is the head coach. I think this had more to do with who he'd be playing for than um than anything else. That's my guess, because this kid's not even a quarterback. He's a cornerback. So, you know, I could be wrong, but, but you know, kids kids deciding to, to change their mind about where they want to go to school, that's happened forever. But kids changing their mind about where they want to go to school because the school they originally chose isn't going to pay them enough is just gross. So, all right, uh, that just set me off when I read that this morning, and Give me a chance to rant. Um, I did watch the Bruins game last night. Uh, Bruins had a uh, three-game losing streak. They snapped it last night. They beat Toronto 5-2. Great job by the defense last night for the Bruins. The Bruins defenseman accounted for five points last night. Yeah, I think two goals and three assists. And uh, uh, Derek Forbert had a uh, shorthanded goal. Brandon Carlos scored in the second period. And... Uh, Pavel Zaka had a couple of goals last night, guy that came over from the New Jersey Devils. And it was so funny, when he came over from the Devils, a lot of people said, eh, you know, not that good. 
Well, you know what? He signed a four-year contract extension. He's now got 35 points this year. as one short of his career high, which he set last season in New Jersey. So I think the Bruins are pretty happy with that. So now the NHL goes into its all-star break. The Bruins won't play again until February 11th. Right, so they've got the All-Star weekend, and then uh, they, the Bruins and most of the NHL are off until the 11th. Whew, talk about a vac- vacation in the middle of the season. Um, there is probably no All-Star game I am interested in less, and I will not watch this, not a moment, is the NHL. I could not care less. The only thing that's worse than the NHL All-Star game is, uh, is the Pro Bowl. In the NFL. And now that's I think that's just becoming a flag football game. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. You know, and because it's become a joke. And and now it's like it's all of you know skills competitions and you know, nobody plays any defense. I mean the games that they've had in the past, it's like, you know, ridiculously high scores and now they're doing stupid things and it's just uh, ugh. nobody cares. The NBA All Star game, nobody cares. You know what? If you if all you want to do is see guys run up and down the floor and dunk the basketball, great. Well, go watch the All Star game for the NBA because nobody plays defense. The final score is going to be something like one sixty to one fifty. Have a great time. I'd rather watch my grass grow on my lawn. The to, am I wrong? I mean, the only All Star game that and, and this isn't because I'm a baseball fan first and foremost, but the only All Star game that mimics a real baseball game. The the lone exception to this is the fact that, you know, the pitchers come out and they only throw one inning. But the only all-star game where the game is, you know, close to what you see in the regular season is baseball. It's the only one. It's the only one worth watching. And I like the, you know, a lot of people will disagree with me. I like the all-star game better when it counted for something. When the uh, home team for the uh, the team that would have the home field advantage in the uh, the World Series was determined by who won the All-Star game. I thought that was a great idea. Loved it. But the NHL All-Star game, oh, my God, what a joke. Absolute joke. Um, the Carolina Hurricanes, who are behind the Bruins in terms of uh, best record in the NHL, they're seven points behind the Bruins despite winning 5-1 last night. They beat Buffalo. Um Carolina is, I guess, my home state team now. I won't root for them ever. The former Hartford Whalers. Uh, I, yes, I know the Whalers left a long time ago. I've never gotten over it, and I never will. You know, I made, there was a thing on Twitter this morning talking about uh, Gary Bettman. has been the commissioner of the NHL now for thirty years, and you know, talking about his legacy and so. And uh, you know, he's been a meh kind of commissioner, uh, with the exception of, and I said it. You know, I responded to the tweet this morning. I said, look, Gary Bettman was responsible for pushing the Hartford Whalers out of Hartford. He wanted a market in Carolina, and rather than expand the NHL, what he decided to do was rip a team away from the state of Connecticut and and convince the owner to move him to Carolina, disenfranchising a whole bunch of us. Look, to this day, I don't have a team. You know, I follow the Bruins – because they were the only New England team left after the Whalers left, and I won't root for anything from New York. Anything. <laughs> yeah, it just, you know, if, 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 if it's got New York attached to it, it can't lose enough as far as I'm concerned. So I follow the Bruins, 
But that's, you know, but I follow them casually. I'm not a rabid fan. It's not like, you know, with the Whalers, you know, it was like uh, it was like I am with the Red Sox. You know, the Whalers lost. I woke up pissed off in the morning, you know. Um, and But it disenfranchised a lot of people. So now, uh, you know, that's to me, that's Gary Bettman's legacy. That's his legacy. So good for him, 30 years. And uh, he it's time for him to go. It's been time for him to go for a long time. 27 minutes past here. We're going to take a break. Back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 29 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call here on a Thursday morning. So, of course, everything that uh, in sports for the last 24 hours has been pretty much all Tom Brady all the time. It was on, God, it was on all the national news broadcasts. It's been on all the morning shows um, everywhere. It, if you checked out the Boston Globe, Yesterday and today, it is essentially uh, the Tom Brady Globe sports section. It's been there were I think I think I counted seven different stories by Globe reporters yesterday on Tom Brady's retirement. Um, I mean, look, this is to take nothing away from Tom Brady. You know, I mean, we, as I said yesterday, the greatest we have ever seen play quarterback. The greatest we will anybody any of us will ever see. There's nobody any better. You, I don't care what Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, what any of these young kids do. Nobody will ever match what Tom Brady did. And and I'm not talking just uh, just the 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 length of time he played. And the, I'm talking about the the rings. I mean, nobody is going to ever do that. You know, and and we may see somebody play into their forties again. I'm sure we will. But when again, we talked yesterday, looked at the fact that you know he, he could have been a Hall of Famer three times in each decade of his life, and we won't see that again. But the interesting thing this morning, and and I, I speculated on this yesterday, uh, not on the show but off the air with my wife. I was wondering if the Patriots will try to bring him back and get him to sign a one-day contract so he technically retires as a Patriot. And uh, Robert Kraft was on CNN this morning, and he he said that he'd do it tomorrow. He said, not only do I want it, he said our, fr- our fans are clamoring for us to do it. And he said he is, you know, he's, he's always been a Patriot. And... Uh, I don't disagree with that. Uh, I think it would be kind of a cool thing to do that. Um, I think it would help for some people, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think for some people it would help close the wound. There's still a lot of people um, that are still angry and still hurting that he left to go to Tampa. They they somehow feel like, you know, like they're, they're – their wife left them or their husband left them. You know, it's like it was like a divorce that nobody that they didn't want. And so I think there's still a lot of people that that have wounds over that. And, and maybe that would help, you know, close that. I would not be surprised if he does do this, by the way. If they do work that out and which it would be a cool touch. Um, 
if they do do that, it would not surprise me at all if the Patriots retire his number this year immediately. And why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Hell, the Tampa Bay Bucks should retire his number. He got him a Super Bowl. Um, but I, I don't, you know, I don't know if they'll, if they'll do it. I, but it sounds like Robert Kraft wants to. Um, and you know, Robert Kraft is was you know on the in the interview this morning was just basically gushing all over Tom Brady. And uh, and and he said, "There's nothing I wouldn't do for him." And then then yesterday afternoon, I was. Uh, I was scrolling through social media and on Twitter. The, the level, you know, and I, I, I say this all the time, um, never underestimate the stupidity of the average human being. Uh, I, am, I am listening, uh, I'm reading this stuff yesterday, and these are people that are supposedly sports fans, right? They're supposedly sports fans. They're supposedly no football. And they're talking about Tom Brady moving into the booth. And, you know, talking about how, you know, well, you know, Fox can't do that. Fox, you know, he's not ready. Fox should just put him on the sideline. You know, make him a sideline reporter before you move him up into the booth to do play-by-play. I just started laughing. Number one, Tom Brady is not doing play-by-play. That's not what they're hiring him for. They're hiring him to be a color analyst. That's number one. Number two... Um, is they're not going to pay him $37 million a year to be a sideline reporter. They are not. Uh, <laughs> that would just be stupid. Um, and I think he, as I said, I think he will be fine. Chad Finn of the Boston Globe was speculating yesterday uh, what kind of job he would do in the booth? Can he be uh, a less obnoxious Tony Romo? I mean, you know, we know that Tom Brady is smart. We know that he's going to know everything, probably all the plays that are going to be called before they're even called. You know, he's going to be thinking along with the, with the quarterbacks and with the co- coaches, and you know, he's going to be right a lot. You know, and and. The question, the question really is going to be, is if Tom Brady's heart is in it. Is you know, is, is this going to be his uh, medicine, so to speak, to help cure his lack of competition that he's getting in the NFL? Uh, Chad seemed to be. Uh, wishy-washy about it, whether he thinks Brady will be any good or not. He seems to think that Tom isn't going to really have his heart in it. I, It's hard to disagree with that, but I think, I think he's got a 10-year deal. I think that he's going to be great. It might take him a year or two. People And look, the other problem that Tom Brady's going to have is that there are a lot of of people that hate Tom Brady, you know, whether it's because of his 
the success that the Patriots had, whether it's because of the success that he had over their favorite quarterback or their favorite team, uh, whether, you know, people just love to dump on, you know, what, one of the biggest things we like to do in this country is we like to tear people down. You know, we like to find ways to, the people that are famous, we like to find ways to, to tear them down because it makes us feel better about ourselves because, hey, you know, look what he did. So I'm not so bad because look what Tom Brady did or look what this guy did or look what that – we love to do that. So a lot of it's a lot of it's jealousy. A lot of it's, you know, just, again, trying to make yourself feel better about yourself. Um, so that's the first thing that he's going to have to overcome. But I will say this. Tony Romo was the quarterback for one of the most polarizing teams in the country as well. The Dallas Cowboys are one of those teams, like the Yankees, that you either love or you hate. And I have always hated the Dallas Cowboys. And I have to be honest, when I heard Tony Romo was coming into the booth, I wasn't very excited about it because he was a Dallas Cowboy. Turned out that, you know, he was pretty good. And he's still pretty good at what he does. Now he just talks too much. He's he People were like the fact that, you know, he was anticipating things and he was calling out things before they ever happened. Well, he's taken that now and put it on steroids and now he never shuts up. You know, he needs to tone it down a little bit. But I think Tom Brady can be that. I think he can be a toned-down Tony Romo. But, again, it's going to take him a little while, I think, uh, to get past the amount of hate people have for him. I Look, book it. You know as soon as, as, soon as the NFL season starts and he's in the booth for Fox, people are going to be killing him whether it's warranted or not. The only thing that will be interesting now is to see if Fox finds a way to work him into Super Bowl Sunday. They didn't know this was coming, so uh, word is that they're they're scrambling around trying to figure out if there's a way that they can get him into the Super Bowl coverage on Sunday, uh, next Sunday. I'm sure they will if they want to or if he wants to. Um, they've got, I mean, the, Jesus, the game starts at 6. I think they start the pregame show at like noon. So I'm sure I'm sure somewhere in there they could fit Tom Brady in. You know, they're not going to put him in the booth, but I'm sure they'll find a way to, to put him into the broadcast somewhere if Tom is amenable to that. Because I'm sure his his contract doesn't say, well, the second you retire, you're ours. You know, so we'll have to see how that goes. But uh, I think he's going to be just fine. Just fine. Um Let's see. Oh, yeah. I watched the Celt- or watched a little bit of the Celtics game last night. I switched back and forth between that and the Bruins game. The Celtics game was a joke. Didn't have to watch very much of it. Uh, biggest victory of the season. They blew out the Brooklyn Nets last night, one thirty-nine to ninety-six. And if you're a Celtics fan, or even if you're not, um, you have to know how sweet that was because of the whole Kyrie Irving thing. And Kyrie again, never underestimate the average and the stupidity of the average human being. Kyrie Irving. You say what you want, but, you know, this is a guy that is into the whole flat earth theory. Really? Well, (laughs) the Celtics have beaten the Nets uh, all three meetings this year. This one was the worst yet. Jason Tatum with 31 points, nine rebounds. Uh, Jalen Brown at 26 points. I mean, it's just crazy. They just just crushed him. And that was still no Marcus Smart. Uh, They're hoping that he will be back probably after the All-Star break. I think the NBA All-Star break is next weekend. And uh, they're just going to give Smart as much time as he needs to get over that ankle, uh, you know, because they need him healthy when the playoffs come. 
because it looks like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are on a mission. They did not like the way last season ended, and they are determined that uh, it is not going to be a repeat. Uh, the Celtics will host the Phoenix Suns on Friday um, and uh, as they work their way into the All-Star break. But, boy, what a win last night, 139-96 to 96, uh, over the Nets. Uh, the UConn women didn't watch this because they didn't think I was going to have to. Uh, UConn women, number five in the country, big game against number one South Carolina coming up on Sunday. They were playing Providence last night. They had played Providence earlier in the season and beat them by 45. So I figured this is going to be an easy one. Well, it turns out it wasn't so easy. Uh, the Huskies did win the game, but it was 64-54. 64 54. 64 to 54. Uh, and I am not a betting guy, and uh, you know I think that uh, we have gone overboard with uh, – with gambling in this country, but be that as it may, uh, going into this game, I want to say that Providence was a 31-point underdog. But they were only down six late in the third. And they were only down eight with 250 left in the fourth. UConn just had to gut this out. They are a tired basketball team right now. And I fear that South Carolina is going to crush them. Uh, the schedule has really gotten to them. This was their fifth game in 12 days. And Gino Ariema only has eight. Eight healthy bodies. Um, three of these uh, th- starting five, Dorky Yuhas, Nico Mule, and Aubrey Griffin played all but seven minutes of their uh, time and, and their position last night. Um, they did go to the bench for 27 minutes simply because uh, Aliyah Edwards got into foul trouble. But uh, their bench played 27 minutes combined for one point. No rebounds. And three fouls. So they're not getting anything off the bench. The other night, uh, he played six players, and his starters played all but six minutes of the game. You can't keep doing that. But right now, he's he's between a rock and a hard place. They were hoping Caroline Ducharme was going to be back last night from her concussion. She's been out for, I think, the last nine games, ten games. Uh, she hasn't played since December. And they need her in the worst way. But again, at the end of the day... They don't need her necessarily for South Carolina. If she's not 100% and she doesn't play in South Carolina, fine. They need her, you know, when the NCAA tournament starts in, in a few weeks. So, uh, you know, uh, and as he fud, they're still waiting to find out what the deal is with her knee. Uh, but until they're healthy, you know, we're going to see more games like this, games that they should win easily, that they're struggling. And uh, Dorka Yuha's 19.17 rebounds was great last night. But how is she going to handle Aaliyah Boston? How is she and uh, uh, Aaliyah Edwards going to handle Aaliyah Boston from South Carolina on on Sunday? I mean, this game could be ugly. I hope I'm wrong. But uh, fasten your seatbelts. 43 minutes past. Yeah, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk some baseball as we wrap things up here on a Thursday wake-up call. It is 45 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Thursday morning. Hey, don't forget, coming up tomorrow, Dan Zampano will be with us for his usual Friday spot. We'll talk about last week's AFC-NFC championship games. We'll preview the Super Bowl a little bit. We'll talk, uh, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about Tom Brady. Uh, We'll talk a lot about uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Reports out of San Francisco now, the uh, press met with Kyle Shanahan yesterday and it sounds like uh, they are moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo. Right now, the only quarterbacks they're talking about uh, are Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. And that uh, Shanahan is uh, 100% comfortable with those two guys as his quarterbacks for next season. Not really surprised there. So, But I'm sure we'll talk about that uh, with Dan uh, coming up tomorrow morning. Hope you can join us for that. Um, 
pitchers and catchers report to spring training coming up here in like 10 days. How beautiful is that? It's uh, that's when that's when life begins for me. <laughs> it may not be a growing season quite yet, but that's that's when things start to bloom uh, for me, and uh, we can start talking about baseball. And I, thank God, it's just it's just awful. Um, interesting news coming out the last couple of days. Uh, first from St. Pete uh, in Florida, the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, the uh, the mayor of St. Petersburg held a press conference yesterday and uh, or day before yesterday and said that they have decided that they are going to build a new stadium right near current Tropicana Field. They are going to demolish the old stadium, but they are going to build a new one uh, as part of a huge redevelopment project that's going to include affordable housing, office space, retail, um, and they've chosen some uh, a development company from Houston uh, to do that. It's going to be an 86-acre downtown site, uh, part of where uh, which Tropicana Field now sits, um, and it's going to have uh, uh, a dome, and it will be ready for the 2028 season opener. The uh, Rays lease in the Tropicana uh, on Tropicana Field is up in 2027, so they would be building this new stadium right near it. Then they would demolish Tropicana Field at the end of the 2027 season. Um, Great. Wonderful. Tropicana Field is a dump. However, number one, what they haven't worked out, who's going to pay for it? (laughs) Uh, They don't know. they, They think it's going to be split somehow between... Uh, the Rays, the city, Pinellas County, and they said other entities. I don't know what the hell that means. Good luck getting city taxpayers and county taxpayers to agree to this. In the economic climate we're in right now, where we have inflation in this country, where you know where a dozen eggs is going to cost you six bucks. You know, where grocery prices are up damn near 50% in the last year, year year or two. Good luck. Yeah, we want we want to add this extra tax on so that we can pay for a ballpark. I don't know how that's going to work. But they haven't figured that part of it out yet. Uh it's supposed to have like 5700 housing units, um 700 hotel rooms. Uh, a 2,500-seat entertainment venue, and then it's going to have an African-American Museum of Florida. Uh, The area where Tropicana Field is right now was an old uh, black neighborhood, and they basically got pushed out so they could build Tropicana Field. It was called the Gas Plant District. And so they're hoping to restore... Uh, parts of that and bring the black community back to that area. Uh, But again, the big question is, who's paying for it? Because in my opinion, I, as a taxpayer, I would never want my tax dollars going to pay for a baseball park. As much as I love baseball, I don't ever want my tax dollars going to finance a ballpark for a team that is going to make millions and millions and millions of dollars. You want a ballpark? 
build your own. Robert Kraft built his own, right? Jerry Jones built his own for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I believe the Rams built their own that they now uh, uh, share with the Chargers. You want a ballpark? You build your own. You know, I mean, why we, why any taxpayer would want to help out a billionaire is beyond me. Well, yes, why? As I said, never underestimate the stupidity of the average human being. But I don't believe tax dollars should ever go to a ballpark. Uh, on the same vein, it sounds as if the Oakland Athletics are very, very close to leaving Oakland. They have been trying to work out a new ballpark in Oakland for years. And it's gotten to the point where Rob Manfred said that for the A's to stay there, they have to have a new ballpark. And he said that, quote, we're past any reasonable timeline for the situation in Oakland to be decided. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, and here's the thing. They, they thought there's a proposal for a waterfront park in Oakland. But guess what? They wanted grant funding. Well, federal government said, no, no, I don't think so. So, and the, the, the public has said, we're not paying for it. So now, Oakland Athletics executives are in Las Vegas this week. And uh, their president and their owner are meeting with uh, all the resort operations along the Strip to talk about a potential site for a retractable dome that would be the new home for the Oakland Athletics. It's going to happen. Um, you know, there is still an issue of funding. Uh, because look, they used public funds to build that seven to to, to uh, build that stadium for the Raiders when they moved their uh, the Raiders from Oakland. They used seven hundred and fifty million dollars in public financing, and it sounds like the state doesn't want to repeat that. Now, having said that, I guarantee you, there is enough money. With all, with all those hotels and casinos and entertainment venues and everything on a the strip, they'll find a way to raise the money because it's just another way to bring in uh, people to the casinos and to the look. Here's one of the biggest complaints about the Raiders, or one of the biggest complaints I should say that the Raiders have, is that their games now in Las Vegas are almost like neutral site games at best and sometimes like away games at worst. Why? Well, their fan base is in Oakland and Los Angeles, the two places they spent most of their time. They are now in Las Vegas, which is an easy place for fans of other teams to come to, get to, stay, stay inexpensively, and come root their team on. So you are seeing... Thousands and thousands and thousands of fans from opposing teams coming to Las Vegas. 
So, you know, and and I you're going to see the same thing. How many fans do the A's have anymore? I mean, at least when the Raiders were in Oakland, you know, they still filled the stadium. When the, the A's are playing in Oakland, they're playing in front of crickets. So, you know, it's going to be another one of those situations where, you know, the A's may want to move there. And and maybe they don't care. You know, they're playing in front of nobody now. Maybe they'd just rather have a full stadium, even if it's the other fans' teams, because they'll laugh all the way to the bank. And I don't know. But but it it, 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 it could be the similar situation. Matter of fact, I would venture to say that it will be, because there are a lot – Fewer Oakland Athletics fans around the country than there are Raiders fans. At least Raider fans, there's there's still a bunch probably in that area that come to the games. Uh, I think you'll find a lot fewer Oakland Athletic fans. So, we'll see. But uh, it sounds like two teams uh, at least are getting closer to solving their problems. One to stay in Florida, the other to move out of California. And I, and by the way, the thing with, with, with Tampa and St. Pete for the Rays – I'm not even sure at the end of the day whether the the ballpark is the biggest problem. The problem is is getting people there. I mean, they don't draw in Miami either for the Marlins. I'm not sure that baseball is a viable entity in the state of Florida, which sounds stupid considering all the years that, you know, the spring training has been there. But you can't get people to the ballpark unless it is a unless it is like the Red Sox or the Yankees, or the Dodgers, or some other team visiting where people maybe from the Northeast that have moved to Florida to retire can see their favorite team, or the Mets. I'm not sure that in the long run, baseball even belongs in Florida. It's going to be there. I mean, they need it there because of the spring training, but, excuse me, but, but you know, the attendance at Major League Games in Florida is pathetic. Speaking of Florida, truck day tomorrow for the Boston Red Sox. Truck uh, packs up at Fenway Park and heads down south. It's not that big a deal when you're coming off a last-place finish, but (laughs) it is truck day nonetheless. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with the Red Sox this year. I'm trying to remain optimistic. Trying to remain optimistic. Um, You know, I I hope that, uh, you know, but my optimism is based on Really, the health of Chris Sale and James Paxton. If those two guys are healthy, Sox will be in pretty good shape. If they're healthy and pitching to their abilities. You know, Nick Pavetta will eat up innings, no question about that. Um, You know, I'm not convinced Garrett Whitlock is a starter, but we'll see. I think if those arms are healthy, I think the rotation will be okay. If there is further... Uh, the development of Brian Bale, who showed signs last year at times of, of, of being a major league ready pitcher. Great. Not sure, you know, but that's a lot of ifs. If this guy's healthy, if this guy's healthy, if this other guy makes, you know, strides, and if this other guy can make the transition from the bullpen, that's a lot of ifs. But I'm trying to remain optimistic. That's going to do it for us here this morning. Going to leave you this morning with some music from The Boss. Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band hit the road again last night. Bruce now in his early 70s, but they still got it. Uh, My buddy Pete Abraham from the Boston Globe was at their show uh, down in Florida last night, said it was great. 
And uh, so the boss back out in the road again. And uh, in honor of that, here's a little waiting on a sunny day from their album, The Rising. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.